I was thinking with Nafis and Simone. I'm Nafis. I'm Simone. I think Nafis just forgot our introduction. <laughs> I forgot my own name. You forgot your own name? I was like, wait, with who? <laughs> there's only, well, there's three of us right now, but there's only two of us on the show. I know. And I am Simone. I know. Okay. It's a sign of early aging. What do you want me to say? Nafisa, <laughs> you are way too young to be acting like this. Way too young. <sighs> anyway, how are you? I'm good. How you been? We haven't actually, realistically, we haven't talked in a while, so. Yeah, like face to face. That's true. Yeah. I've been good. Busy. Super busy. Yeah. But good. That's good. How's school going? Which school? What do you mean? Are you are you attending more than one school? She works at a school, right? Oh, Oh, well, I teach at a school I and I also go to school. So I, what do you mean? I forgot. You're you're on per- actually both. How's both? <laughs> okay, so they're both going really well. Um, I'm doing internship this semester, so it's technically like four classes mm-hmm. because I'm not doing the in-person internship. It's online. So yeah, it's been busy. How does that work? An internship online? Mm-hmm. It's because of the pandemic. They're like, if you don't want to go into a healthcare facility, we do have this option. And I'm like, let me snag it. Interesting. Because who knows what's this summer going to bring? Because that's when I was supposed to take my internship originally. But um, with this whole new strain and everything, I don't know. We ain't never making out of this pandemic. I feel like we will, but it'll just take like a lot of time. Five years, probably. That doesn't... So... By the time we're done with this, I'm going to be 30. Give or take. So I'm going to spend my whole 20s in a pandemic, (laughs) is what you're telling Mm -hmm. me. But you know, it's not going to feel like a pandemic because people don't live like it's a pandemic. Well, we still live like it's normal here. We do. We do. Especially in the state. It is a problem. Oh my God. I can't tell you how many people at my new job, like because of the whole state mandate, we can't force people to wear masks. We just ask them to wear masks. But like, how many people just walk really? by? Yeah, um, I, f- I think you can get in trouble. Just, I mean, it is a private business, but we still technically can't enforce it since it's not really a state thing. You know, a lot of places like Publix, um, Walmart, any store really that I go into, they made it mandatory to have a mask on. Well, they're also a big corporation and private business. So I work in a family owned hotel, so I don't know how that works. But anyway, um, people still walk, at least in the lobby and stuff with that one. I mean, if I go out in the lobby, I have to wear a mask and the front desk has a plexiglass. So I don't have to. Mm-hmm. It's just. Uh, so it's not a requirement for workers to wear it. Only when we're out in the lobby and um, housekeeping has to wear one since they're all, you know, running back and forth, cleaning the rooms and stuff. But people at the front yeah, desk, yeah, because we're ha- behind the plexiglass, don't have to. But guests are also wow. encouraged to, but they don't always. Because you're around each other. Yeah. It's not just the customers that you should be worried about. It should be your coworkers because they go out. Well, they're so, also all mm-hmm. like over the age of 50, so. No, they're more at risk then, technically. Yeah. Which you think they, they want to be protected. Listen, no one no one cares anymore. <laughs> Simone, we never introduced me. Yeah, sorry. Macy's <laughs> here. Not only is she joining us, I'm actually physically with her right now, so yeah. that's why you hear her. I'm just your conscious that other people can hear. <laughs> <laughs> you are my conscience sometimes. <laughs> the voice of reason. Eh, sometimes. I think I'm pretty reasonable. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't always need you, but like... No, I think we're both pretty pretty chill people. We just have common sense, which is yeah. very lost in today's time. Ooh. Common sense? What is that? Exactly. <laughs> 
I've never heard of it. No one knows what it means anymore. You said that with a really yeah. straight face. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I was almost convinced <laughs> that she was serious. Yeah. <laughs> I keep forgetting Macy and I have never really like physically hung out, so she's not aware of my like sarcastic tendencies. You guys I- did hang out before, like once. Yeah, I could tell that you were being sarcastic, but your face was so straight it made me question it. Well, me and the face have the same like, way, <laughs> like sarcasm. I feel like because I'm mm-hmm. like that too. I feel like I'm sarcastic, but not nearly as sarcastic as you. No, because I'm sarcasm with like a serious undertone to right. it. So like my humor is more like under my breath kind of like sharp witted things that people don't always hear me but if you do hear me they laugh i hear you because so. I'm, I'm used to it so like i know when you're being like that it's funny when we're out in public too and you do that and i start laughing and people staring at me i'm like listen uh, this this last year is just bringing out the best of people. it's been testing my it's been testing my nerves been testing my mentality i'm so tired i'm just always tired <laughs> just tired, tired, tired. <laughs> I'm just tired. Well, welcome to the workforce because you're about to be tired for a long time. <laughs> I it. It's not like I'm not used to the workforce because there was a time where I got my AA and I just worked for a year in retail and that was terrible. That was terrible. But at least with mm-hmm. this one, I don't have to panic and like basically shove my phone away on my off days where I feel like they'll call me. They won't call me because I was getting that a lot when I started doing like other stuff besides the cashier and getting really good at just working there in general, they would always call me on my off days to come in. I'm like, can I just be full time at this point? Yeah, when I worked at Publix, I just yeah. stopped answering my phone. Oh, I did too. I learned where like I saw the number. I'm like, is this so-and-so calling me? You'll see me when I am scheduled to work unless like I need the money. But most of the time at that time I did it. So typically they won't do that because they have to give you benefits and stuff if you want to do full-time yeah yeah but they'll try to push it to where you're almost at the full-time hours but you're not actually at the Mm full-time hours so they can't give you benefits this this system this american system so messed up like let's see who needs the money the most simone let's call her no that's not what they're (laughs) thinking they're thinking let's see who can actually do the work here Simone, like, God, leave me alone. (laughs) So that's at least one good thing about working like a designated like 40 hour work normal, normal, quote unquote, normal job. (laughs) Yeah, quote unquote. Like, I do know when I'm going to work. Like, I can't, it's never going to change. It's always the same. That was nice at the library mm -hmm. too. Like we had a set schedule for the whole semester and then never changed. So like I was able to build a schedule yeah. Because like you never yeah. got called in or like your work hours never changed like week after week. It was the whole thing the whole semester. So that was nice. My first job was just library and we always had like a consistent schedule. So I'm really grateful I never really had to go into like retail or anything as a first job because oh my gosh. <laughs> it's awful. I would be a whole different person now, probably. You'd probably be a lot more sarcastic than you are now, <laughs> and that's saying something. <laughs> right. I have such a good poker face from working in retail because you have to like you can't show your annoyance at all so i just learned to smile through the pain right i have a really good customer service oh my god if you think my voice is high now you should hear my (laughs) customer i feel like i put on my customer service voice when i listen back to like our old episodes like when we first started because i was really nervous Mm -hmm. so i can tell my voice was higher but now that we started doing this more i can tell like i'm 
somewhat normal. It's still a little bit higher than what I normally talk, but that's just so you could understand me. It's not that um it's not that noticeable actually. Yeah, you sound pretty normal to me, usually. Except for like intros. Then you put on kind of a show or voice, but I think that's normal. So I put in my high yeah, like I I know I'm putting on a voice when I do intros and outros <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's, like I it's know part of it, you know. You kind of have to yeah. get yourself hyped up. But like part of my job, I answer the phones for a small portion of my day. It's not all that I do. But on Friday, so that's changed. That's good. <laughs> well, on Friday, I you know people are weird. Sometimes yes. people are really creepy, and I have a very very like smooth calm customer service voice and it's it's high it's higher than i'm speaking now but it's it's pretty Mm -hmm. you know mellow mellow and this guy he i you know i did my little intro thank you for calling claim support this is macy how can i help you and (laughs) (laughs) i like that i I like it it's very professional all day (laughs) and he the first thing he said he's like you have the perfect voice for this job. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> and it catches you off guard Aww. because like I'm kind of in a rhythm. And then when people compliment me out of nowhere, I'm like, uh, why are you calling? Like, yeah, that's like my job too. I just started like what, it's been at least three weeks now. And I was checking someone in and then they're just so thankful for all the information I was giving them. And, she, and she's like, how long have you been working here? I'm like, uh, like two weeks. And she's like, well, you're doing a great job. And I'm like, I don't I don't know what to say when people compliment me. Yeah, it's so I'm like, thank you. Yeah. And then he asked me where I was located. I'm like, okay. okay too much. Like yeah, weird. now I'm getting a little weird. This isn't that yeah. type of call service. So, right. Okay. Yeah. He was a weird one. You should have been like in an English speaking country. G- good luck searching that. He talked to me for a long time too. I was like, oh my God, what do you want? Damn, he must really like your yeah. voice then, huh? Yeah. He said it multiple times too. I'm like, okay. Now he's getting creepy. Yeah. I had, like, first time was cool. Yeah, I had a friend actually in high school, and her voice is like really pretty. Um, You know how people typically, like, you know, do spam calls and whatnot? So one time she answered uh, a spam call, and it turned out to be this dude from jail, and he was like this really lonely guy. And my friend, I don't know if it's naiveness or what it is, she would actually sit there and talk to him, and like, yeah, they would have like full conversations and he'll call like every once in a while. So she's telling us this story. And my teacher is like, you do realize as soon as he comes out of jail, the first person he's going to look for is you, right? And she's like, well, I mean, he was lonely and I was bored. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Did she, she didn't tell him like her name or anything? No, 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 she, she didn't. I don't think she did. Okay. I would. I don't see the problem with talking to someone as long as you don't give any information about yourself whatsoever. Like, I guess you yeah. can back search somebody's phone number, but like, as long as she didn't give him her name or her location, it's kind of like a pen pal. People write. People well, isn't that the jail. same thing as like backtracking your phone number? Because can't you get your location from your phone number by the area code? You probably could. That's what I mean. Like, that would be her only risk mm. is if he actually, like, backtracked her, backtracked her phone number. But, like, if I type my phone number into Google, I don't think it, my name shows up. I don't think. I've never tried to type Google my phone number. You know what I actually found out recently? Like, when I type in my name in Google, like, my whole life story shows up. But when I type <laughs> in other people's name, nothing else shows up. So I'm confused okay. why my life story is on Google and no one else's. 
is on there. Yeah. I don't, Mine's think, my social, not. I don't think my social media even comes up. Like there's Mine doesn't one, either. There's If you type my full name and middle name included, there's a picture of me on the images. But like it's just a profile picture of one of my social media. But it doesn't like link you to the actual account. Mm. I'm stealth. Nothing of mine comes up. I'm like, <laughs> yes. That's good. Yeah. I mean, my first name is also not on my social media, so. I use my middle name on my Instagram. Yeah, like my actual name is not on my social media. I don't know. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know either. But I mean, don't talk to criminals, but that is the moral of that story. <laughs> well, what type of crime did he do? Yeah, obvi- obviously. Yeah, I think he was trying to get in touch with someone and just got in touch with someone else. And it was like, yeah. I never had a follow up with her, though, so hopefully... Things went well. Yeah. <laughs> he got out of jail, went his own way, made a new life. All right. So. Anywho, why are we here? We did our icebreaker. We haven't talked in a while. I know. I know. Okay. We're talking about one of my favorite shows, probably of all time. Childhood show. Grew up on this show. Fell in love the first episode as a kid. It is Avatar The Last Airbender. And for some reason, this show always trends on twitter like every two weeks i don't know why yeah i guess i just never thought it was as popular as it really is it broke the internet when it was put on netflix that's true true. (laughs) yeah yeah i did i remember that and then i remembered watching it on netflix and being so disappointed with like the video quality but apparently that was like the highest quality at the time and i'm like i don't remember it being that bad yes because it came out in 2000 Five. Yeah, it gets better as it goes through. Yeah. But I owned it on box set, so I wouldn't I didn't need to watch it on Netflix. But I think I did actually. I watched it again on Netflix even though I own it. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you own the whole DVD yeah, series? She has the box it. set, yeah. So Nafis, did you watch Avatar when it was coming on TV or no? I mean, like I just said, I did. I was obsessed with this show. Um, I did watch it. I watched it when it was on Nickelodeon, but it wasn't something that I paid attention to. It was just like a time pass thing. It's like, oh, came home from school, watched Avatar, and then went about my day. I didn't really appreciate it until it was like completely over. Like all four books were out and done with. Three. And then I rewatched it again when five years later and I'm like, oh my God, this show is so good. It's like so epic. It is. I mean, it's like one of my favorite too. It's weird because it is a kid's show, but I feel like it has a lot of just like life lessons. Like you can use as an adult also. So that's why I really Mm -hmm. like it. You don't really see shows like that anymore. And it's easy for kids to understand also. Like when it talks about morals and just friendship. Got some dark themes too, like... They definitely did an incredible job, like, expressing what they wanted to. Like, showing friendships, showing, like, betrayal. Like, describing the morals and lessons, like you said. They did a really fantastic job expressing that. And they didn't really get so gory. Because that had to do with a lot of, like, fighting and stuff. Yeah, they they didn't get gory... It was dark. It was dark at time, but not like too much where a kid couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What else? I was yeah. going to say something else, and I just forgot. Yeah, they don't show anything. Like, I don't think you ever even really see blood. I don't remember seeing blood. Actually, yeah, me too. I thought I think there was about it. maybe, but like, I don't remember it. There's fighting, but like, does there's anyone- fighting. I c- I couldn't remember if like season three there was some blood. If there is, it's very little. Maybe you that's Korra. Was there blood in Korra? Maybe. I don't know. 
I don't know that one as well. I don't know. I re- I went back and rewatched Legend of Korra, and I actually appreciate it a lot more than I did when I was younger. So that one I did was like, why didn't I like this so much when I was a kid? But I do like Korra now. Mm-hmm. I know some people have their opinions about the... Um, I just wish they made like a show or like shorts or something when they were um, building Republic City. Like I know, and I have the comics too. They made some comics after the war where like when they went to go look for Zuko's mom. Mm-hmm. And it shows kind of like getting into core of like how after the war, the Fire Nation and like the ones that settled on Earth colonies were like kind of not fighting, but trying to settle with the settlement there because they're already there. So it's like they can't really go back to the mainland because they established a home in these Earth colonies. But, you know, they kind of overtook Mm -hmm. the original people that were there. So they're stuck in a way and learning how to live with each other. Um, So that and then the rift between the North and the South water tribe that was happening. That's in one of the comment comics. And then Toph like started her own metal bending school. That's also one of them. So yeah, Toph is like probably my favorite out of all four of them. <laughs> I think mine too. I didn't used to like Toph, but now she is my favorite too. I am Toph as I've gotten <laughs> older, to be honest. I understand her more. I think that's why. I've noticed that like with any character that's even slightly sarcastic, like I, they are naturally my favorite. <laughs> but see, I didn't like Sokka at first though as a kid. I thought he was annoying. Me neither. I'm like, Sokka's too goofy. But you know, like over time you start to see like how wise he is. Like he's a, he's a really good leader. Yeah. Even though like in the, like in the show, he never thought of himself as a good leader, but he's really good at bringing people together and getting things done. Mm-hmm. I think with just like a lot of things, they have their own problems and, you know, their own growth. Mm-hmm. That's another thing about the show. It shows growth that you don't see a lot. Growth. So just. Uh. Zuko's arc is like so beautiful to watch. <laughs> yeah. Well, he might be my favorite character. Zuko's my favorite character. Yeah. <laughs> Who are we kidding? Actually, yeah. Right? I think it's a tie Zuko. between Zuko and Toph. Zuko's every little girl's favorite character he just if they watched so it at the end like he does yeah he's just misunderstood he's a good guy on the inside <laughs> <laughs> oh god am i simping for you're simping for just a little bit no 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 <laughs> you're 100 simping don't listen to the feast <laughs> just a little it's okay i like that voice actor too yes i he has a really cool voice i remember is he also the same? He comes voice? back for um, Legend of Korra, yes, right? Yes, he actually plays Zuko's nephew. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think he was in other shows too. Okay. Wasn't he the main voice actor for American Dragon, Jake Law? Oh yeah, yeah. Didn't he play <gasps> Jake? He? I think so. I think he was. Oh, yeah. wow. He's been in a lot of stuff. But that's the only kids show I can remember him with where he wasn't featured. Also funny, it's in one of the episodes. Okay, because we're kind of going off topic. The ba- the point of this whole episode of talking about Avatar is I wrote down like a couple episodes I wanted to specifically talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, there's going to be spoilers. So if you haven't watched the show, what I'm are you sorry. Doing? Why haven't you watched it yet? <laughs> it's on Netflix. So I, the episodes I do talk about all spoil, but like my last bullet points, some of them have questions for like Macy and the Feast and some of them just don't. So we can discuss them afterwards, but that's basically the whole point of this episode. Mm-hmm. Where was I going before I started talking about that? I don't know. 
<laughs> you were talking about American yeah. Dragon well. and Zuko's voice. Oh, yes. If you don't hear him in like in small parts, other. Oh, I was going to bring up, doesn't have to do with Avatar, but one of the episodes that I written down, I recognize the voice actor for Robin from Teen Titans. <gasps> I love him. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he's he plays a I small like Robin. part, but he's one of the characters. I think he's in two episodes. I think he's in an episode that we're going to talk about, The Great Divide, and he's also plays like a little college kid in City. What is it? The one when they're in Bossing, say. Uh, City of Walls and Secrets. So they're really short, but I just recognize his Oh, is he the voice. little kid? No, he's the kid where they go to a university. He's wearing glasses, and they're asking him about... S- the library from the desert, I think. And then when they start asking him about the war, he's like, I have to go to class. Yes, <laughs> so, because nobody talks about Because no one talks about the war. Yeah. Oh, and, I actually did not even catch that. Yeah, and then in The Great oh. Divide, he is in the prestigious tribe. He's part of the Ganjins. Yes. Mm-hmm. I begin in the Ganjins and the... The Jangs confused sometimes. <laughs> that was confusing me when I was watching this episode. We'll get to it when I get to the episode. I'm like, wait, who is who? This is this person. This is that person. When they start talking about why those two tribes haven't gotten along in so long. I'm mm-hmm. bad with names to begin with. I am too. So <laughs> I'm going to say this in advance. If I butcher any of these names, I am so sorry. I am trying my best. I have to hear the way stuff is pronounced. Um, for me to get it right instead of just reading it because you know the English language is terrible. It is. So it's awful. It's awful. Yeah. It so makes that, no sense. It really doesn't. So that's why if I butcher anything, anything, I apologize in advance. Anything else we want to talk about before we get started? I'm gonna be doing a lot of talking. So if I oh we didn't start yet. <laughs> we kind of started. We kind of started. <laughs> no, nothing else. Okay. Please also bear with me. I'm going to be doing a lot of talking that I don't normally do. (laughs) Okay. Before we get into the show itself, I wrote down, I'll link the articles because there's only two, but I found like a couple articles of the cultures that are supposed to be represented in Avatar The Last Airbender because surprisingly for an American show written by... I will say this before I start. I don't want to be like, oh, these are great cultural representations because I truly don't know and these aren't my cultures. So I could say what I've seen that these are great representations, but they could not be to the actual people these cultures belong to. I just wanted to bring up the influence that they're based off of because another reason why I like this show so much because it doesn't have that, you know, like white savior story plot like it's all based in asia like all parts of asia mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i just thought it'd be cool to point out and it's interesting because you know a lot of the stuff i don't know but again america and teaching history it's not the best mm-hmm. so not in our own history so which, which cultures were represented according to the article so there's a lot so <laughs> okay i'm gonna break down every Kingdom. So first we'll start with the water tribe. And I already cannot pronounce these cultures. Macy, can you help me? <laughs> Is it Inuit? Inuit? Huh? Inuit? Inuit? Is that how you would say I that? I think it's Inuit. Inuit. I may be saying oh, it wrong. Gosh. Maybe. I, I already. Inuit. Inuit and you, you pick. You pick. You pick. <clears throat> um, would that be. This is why I need to hear how these are pronounced. 
Yuppik. These sound Native American. I think they're related to Native American, but they're not actually Native American. But those two, sorry, not Native American, um, Alaskan. I think so, yes. So those two cultures are inspired by the water tribes. Um, and it can be seen in the animal skin and the fur clothing to protect them from the cold. So, oh my gosh, let me look this up so I don't sound stupid. <laughs> You're fine. I'll keep going while you look that up. So the Australian Aborigin- Aboriginal yeah. weapons. So Inuit. Go ahead. In- Inuit. Yeah. Inuit is um, indigenous people of northern Canada and parts of Greenland and Alaska. Okay. All right. So that makes sense. I was going to say like upper. But I didn't want to sound stupid. <laughs> it's fine. See, we're learning stuff from just yeah. from the kids show. What was the other one? You you pick. It's Y U P I K. You pick. You pick. Because I don't know their their vowels right sound. So like our pronunciation. Okay, so the you pick people are Aboriginal, so they are Indigenous or Aboriginal people of Western, Southwestern, and South Central Alaska, and the Russian Far East. Okay. So still those two cultures combine or what inspired the the water tribe because, you know, Mm -hmm. they live in cold places. You can see that in the southern water tribe and the northern water tribe and the animal skin and fur clothing that they wear. And then the next one, still with the water tribe, um, Australian Aboriginals weapons are actually inspired for the weapons that they use. And that can be seen in Sokka's boomerang that he always carries around him. So that's inspired by Australian Aboriginals. Can um, I play the pronunciation out loud? If you want to. Any day now, Macy. If not, you peak. You peak. I hate I robots so much. I so I was close then. I don't know if the the computer is the right. I don't think so. Let's not base it off the computer. Yeah. Are you gonna play another one, or can I continue? You. How would you say that second? Yuppie. Yuppik. It is Yuppik. Oh, like, that's how I said it. Okay. Yuppik. Yuppik. And then let me Inuit. Okay. So I, we were close. Okay. I trust her more than the first video. I don't know what that first <laughs> one was. <laughs> Never trust a man. I'm glad I was right, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's another conversation I for another day. I caught what I just said. <laughs> it took y'all both a while. <laughs> it's a delay, but I got it eventually. <laughs> it's Okay. Okay, moving on. So their water bending style is based on Chinese martial art Tai Chi because of their fluidity, connectivity, and apti- adaptivity. Uh-huh. Ad- adaptability. Adapt. Adapt. What word did you write? <laughs> you wrote adaptivity. No. <laughs> oh, is that I a word? Really, I can't spell and I can't read. <laughs> Adaptability is what I sure okay. Being adaptive, sure, that's what I meant. Whatever. (laughs) Let's move on. Okay, (laughs) architecture-wise, the ancient actually adaptive adaptivity is what you wrote. So adapt adaptivity yes is related to exhibiting adaptation. So it's a word. word. Otherwise, it would be like underlined with red. It was in the (laughs) article. Okay. Yeah, you're good. You're good. I was just, the word you said wasn't that word. I know it wasn't what I said. <laughs> uh, how am I going to get through this episode? I'm not. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Architecture-wise, the ancient Aztecs, Aztecs pyramid and the Venice Canal system is inspired for the Northern Water Tribe, while the Southern Water Tribe igloos are based off the Inuits. 
I, so that's the difference. Um, you can see that too. Like there's a scene when they're in the Northern Water Tribe where I think Sokka and the princess say, are the in a canal. canals yeah. are very, like you can totally tell. I totally got that when I watched it the first time because I really like um, European architecture. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's shown really, really well in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then Native American, Chinese, and Japanese myths influence the water tribe spiritual practices. For example, the moon and ocean spirits are remnants of the Chinese um, legend of yin and yang, which that was also obvious. Yeah, um, I think they when say it, it. Yeah, I think they mm-hmm. say it too when they're trying to save the moon spirit. And then there is also a scene where the fish are like circling each other and it turns into yeah. the symbol. Mm-hmm. I used to be very obsessed with yin and yang when I was younger for some reason, even before I got into Avatar. I don't know why. I just always like to doodle that um, in my notebooks in school. I remember you wearing something. Did you I, used, I think I had a necklace of it. Okay. I don't know if I had a shirt either, but I used to be really obsessed with that. Um, that symbol. It's a good symbol. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's the water tribe. Next, the Earth Kingdom. So much of the Earth Kingdom's culture is pulled from China. For example, the capital, Ba Sing Se, draws many parallels with ancient Chinese capitals such as Beijing. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see mm-hmm. that, especially with the cabbages. <laughs> oh, my God. I love the cabbage. I loved him. <laughs> my cabbages. <laughs> my favorite character. <laughs> he always says this is cabbages. Him and I, when I was rewatching this to take my notes, I forgot about there's this one guy. He don't speak at all. But when they go to Kyoshi Island, he just starts foaming at the mouth and passes out yeah. when he sees A because he's just so excited. <laughs> He like bounces across the screen. <laughs> there was a part they out. went back and he started foaming at the mouth and he passed out. And it was just Katara and Sokka. And the little girl's like, where is Egg? And he's like, he's not with us right now. And he gets up from passing out and like wipes his mouth and tries to like cover his face with his shirt and like walks away. I'm like, this is so funny. <laughs> yeah, even today, like whenever I see cabbages like in the store, you start thinking about the- that's the first thing I think <laughs> <My> of. Cabbages. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. They truly made it's the equivalent of my leg in SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> my leg. <laughs> it really is. They always had Nickelodeon. Always had those one-liners. You'll just never forget. It'll constantly haunt you. Like with me and escalators. Mm-hmm. I already explained my thing with escalators. <laughs> Macy knows about it. Okay. So the government is also based off Thorian. Authoritarian. Authoritarian. Ming Dynasty with his propaganda and police state, like how Lake Laogai is named after re-education camps and the Dai Li is named after the leader of the Chinese secret police. So that was new to me when I read that. Mm. Um, the clothing is based off of pre-Manchu China, with the exception of Ba Sing Se, which is based off the Xi Qin Dynasty. Oh, gosh. The Q. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know how they pronounce it. Um, Like I said, I'm going to link these articles so you guys can read them better than listening to me. King Dynasty. Are you looking it up, Macy? Okay. King Dynasty. King Dynasty. Okay. Yes. Love Siri. (laughs) And then also, fun fact, Nafi's Korean clothing such as Hanbuk can also be seen being worn by some of the characters as well. And I actually picked up on the Hanbuk. Um, I was watching Cave of Two Lovers, which is one of the episodes I'm gonna talk about. And when mm-hmm. Iroh got sick because he ate some poisonous berries thinking there was something else, 
I noticed it in the women that were taking care of him. Cause like I saw the clothing, I'm like, wait a minute. I don't think, isn't that Korean Hanbok? And like even her hair, I've watched enough Korean historic traumas to notice the outfit. <laughs> and I was really proud of myself when I read that. I'm like, okay, that was it. So I was like, yay. That's so interesting. Secret tunnel song just started playing in my head. Secret tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, back when I watched it, I wasn't really like aware of Korean culture either. and their yeah. dressing and everything. I would have never known. So I don't think I picked up on it, honestly. But now that I am, I picked up on yeah, it. I'm sure I would notice it now if I rewatched it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sure then, there's a lot of things we would notice if we rewatched it now. <laughs> like how it took me forever to realize that Lady Rainicorn <laughs> in Adventure Time was speaking Korean this whole time. I, I never knew that. that. <laughs> yeah, well, you already knew that. I texted me. I was like, really? What language did you think she was I didn't, speaking? I didn't know. Because <laughs> Jake says it's Korean. Does like, he say yeah, it? Multiple times. I didn't think he ever said he what language. too. Yeah. But I didn't think he ever actually said what language she was speaking. I'm pretty sure he does. I don't know. I'd have to go back and rewatch Adventure Time. Yeah. What a show. That's what a good show, too. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a deep dive on that one as well. <laughs> Let me get back to Avatar, what we're really here about. Okay. <laughs> um, the Kyoshi Island and the Warriors draw influence from Japan. And it also said that you can tell from the clothing and makeup, mm-hmm. which makes sense. And I think the fans yeah. also. Yeah. Um, the Sandbenders are influenced by, don't know how to say this, the top Taragi people in Northern Africa. Oh. Taruget. Hey, get my phone. <laughs> this is already a mess. Yeah. There's lots of okay. pronunciation. Oh, T-U-A-R-E-G. But that's what the sandbenders are based off of. Oh no, the lady's gone. It's just the man on YouTube. All right, well. I don't trust him. Let's not. (laughs) Don't trust the man. (laughs) All right, and then the strong stance of earthbending is based on ancient Chinese martial arts. Hungar? Yeah, I would say either Hungar. So it seems to be primarily Chinese culture influenced. So I think the whole of Earth, in the whole Earth, Earth Kingdom, Kingdom is based heavily based off of Chinese culture. Yeah, Chinese. Okay. <coughs> Sorry. Hold on. You're okay. Joking <laughs> <laughs> on my own. Macy's a little sick. I'm not sick. Allergies. Just allergic to my cat. <laughs> you love your cats. He's a jerk. <laughs> All right, on to the next one, which is the Fire Kingdom. Yes. (laughs) So I didn't know this, but apparently they were heavily influenced by Imperial Japan. I get that. I feel like I I get that that too. And I didn't realize that until I watched it. That they live in. So younger. Yeah. Resemblance can be seen between the Fire Nation and World War II Imperial Japan's military invasion of other countries, the government propaganda, and believing Mm -hmm. they were superior and had to help dominate others. Um, and I didn't write this down, but I also think in the same articles written somewhere about um, the textbooks and like how they really teach about World War II and how it's not really what happened. So it, it makes them seem not as bad. And that's also an example I have in one of these episodes, but we'll get to that. Wait, textbooks make it seem that it's not as bad? Yeah, I don't know if they still do that in Japan. I've, I've yeah. heard that. They're talking about Japanese. Oh, in, Je- the, okay, in Japan. Um, okay, Japan. role in it, they teach their people that it's not as bad? Yes, okay. so they teach a different version. And there's an example mm-hmm. of that in the actual show that I'll get to when we get to season three, because that makes mm-hmm. more sense. But it also says the Fire Nation is influenced by other Chinese and Southeast Asian cultures also. 
Um, Asian, Egyptian, and Chinese architect inspired the Fire Nation's royal palace. Uh, Chinese influence can be seen in their attire. With Zuko, he's wearing a Shenyi, a historical Chinese clothing. Mm, okay. I don't remember okay. if they say specifically what season or his whole clothing, so I'm not really sure. This one was a cool fact. Um, the basis of firebending is inspired by northern Shaolin Shaolin system. Shaolin. I think so. The Agni Kai, the honor honor duel that they do between firebenders, is also seen in South Asian warrior societies. The concept behind Agni Kai, which actually does translate to duel of fire, is for potential rulers to provide themselves, like to prove themselves, not provide themselves. Sorry. <laughs> to prove themselves. <laughs> As true warriors. So, and then the- Wow, that's, I didn't know that. I didn't either. And then lastly, yeah. on the Fire Nation, uh, the Sun Warriors, which is an ancient group, and I think they say the first civilization to learn firebending in the show. Uh, they were known for worshiping the sun since it, they drew power from it, similar to Mayan and Aztec. The Aztecs? I'm just getting there. Yeah. Okay. Aztec <laughs> cultures who also glorified <laughs> the sun. And I think it's seen in the buildings as well, like the architect when they go to the yeah, Sun Warrior that's Village. Yeah, the episode where they find the firebending masters. Right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, the Aztecs was very obvious. Yeah. yeah. And last but not least, the air nomads. So the air nomads primarily drew inspiration from Buddhists in Tibet, Shalom monks, and Sri Lankan Buddhism with some Hindu influences as well. The method the monks used to find the avatars, such as having toys for the children to choose from, is also the same method Tibetan, Tibetans use to find the Dalai Lama, which is interesting because... Yeah. They do that mm-hmm. same method I thought in Korea for like a baby's first birthday. Not like obviously not to find the avatar, but they <laughs> I know when we took our Korean classes in the feast, our teacher was telling us that they'll put like certain things out for the baby and whatever the baby reaches for. Mm-hmm. Um that's supposed to be like what their job is. So like if yeah. they reach for money, you're supposed to be rich. I remember when I was watching Sweet Home, I didn't finish it, but the guy that has a sword, he said the first thing he picked up for his birth- first birthday was like a kitchen knife. But <laughs> yeah, it was a knife, why but it made sense put- because oh, he has- Why would you put a knife near a baby? <laughs> I don't think it was part of the layout. <laughs> That's not the point. Mm, he could have been a chef. That's true. Could have been, yeah. I mean- But he said he was waving it around, so surgeon? I don't think so. I don't know. A surgeon, maybe. Yeah. Well, I think they put out uh, stethoscopes yeah. for that, like a doctor. Oh. Yeah. So many less lethal options when you pick up a knife. Serial killer? Don't, don't talk about it with me. Talk about it with the show. Okay. Anyway. That's <laughs> fine. Okay. Many airbenders wear saffron robes based off of those of the Shalom monks. The outfit Aang wears in season three is similar to the Dalai Lama. I need to read up more of the Dalai Lama. I've always heard that growing up, but I never actually knew what it was. Or who that's supposed to be. Um, I can, I we can look it up later. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know how, how far you want to go into this. It's fine. Not that far because I have a lot more to say. So, And then the air pending style is based on ancient <laughs> Chinese martial art of ba, the ba, ba, God, the, it's the vowels that get me. Ba, Go maybe potentially maybe 
I am. Just Google it. We're not not becoming an okay. ASMR podcast in the feast. Backlog. I hate it. I don't like ASMR. What that that freaks me Backlog. out. Backlog? Sure. Mm. Now, I've got this selected to American print. British, no. No, it's fine. <laughs> okay. And then last thing, that the title avatar is derived from the Hindu concept of an avatar and Hinduism and avatars and incarnation of God that is sent down to human, humanity in order to help others, which that makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. That's literally his job. Protection. Mm. Protecting the people, bringing balance and peace to the world. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get on to the actual episodes. Yes. Are we ready? It was a fun history lesson. It was a fun history lesson. I like looking mm-hmm. up stuff like that, especially if I'm really into it. Yeah. yeah. So it's just interesting how they use so many cultures. And again, like I said at the beginning, before I started reading it, I don't know if it's good a representation or not. I will leave it up to the people whose culture is based off of. Mm-hmm. I just think it's interesting to learn about it. Yeah. I would like to learn more from the actual people themselves. So even if they just, I would say they definitely at least got influences from. Yeah, them. whether they're representing it as a culture overall, that's up for debate. But it is a, mm-hmm. it's a good, like, it's a good inspiration. And you can tell they try to do their research. Yeah, not just yeah. found something that looked aesthetically pleasing and put it in. Like they actually try to do the research the from the they, bending to the clothing to, the to like having Zuko wear a specific piece of clothing that is represented. I feel like that's a, you know, they're definitely at least sh- highlighting that they use some references. And if mm-hmm. Netflix messes up this live action, oh God, can we not do another? Live can we action? just not do it at this point? Cause the original creators left because they didn't <laughs> agree with what Netflix wanted to do. So if it's, Oh no, mm-mm. I'm about, I will. I'll have to fight someone at Netflix. Yeah, yeah. the first one did so horribly. The movie. Let's just not the talk movie about that we we'll never then. talk about. The it movie that exist. should not be named. It doesn't exist. It's Voldemort. Don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> but I was gonna say that, like with Avatar, the thing that I like is how detailed the writers were, and how like well researched they were. And you can tell with like the actual shows, whether it's like a setting or a culture they wanted to like be influenced by or even like a saying like it's all like well researched so i appreciate Mm -hmm. that you don't see that nowadays i I appreciate that too even with the music they use yeah what a great soundtrack it really is i love that closing of like each episode and the opening it's the same one that they do when they go to the fire bending masters and they play before the masters come out i really like the um what is it? The the two lovers theme? Mm-hmm. Like not the Tuttle song, but like the actual. Not the Tuttle song. <laughs> you, don't, you don't like the Tuttle song? I like the Tuttle song. I'm just saying that wasn't the one I meant. I mean the that like. I know what you meant. You, you know what I'm talking yes, about. Yes, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, let's get into this because I have a I have a lot. I did my research, guys. Maybe a little too much research. I took a lot of notes. I did this all day yesterday, which is going back and rewatching these episodes. <laughs> I won't tell you how long it took me. Okay. So to get us started, obviously, we're doing season one, the first, I'll say first two episodes because they kind of go together. Like when the show first premiered, it was just one big episode and I guess they broke it up. Mm -hmm. So we get the introduction. Mm -hmm. Um, 
course, it starts out with Katara and Sokka on a fishing trip, being siblings, arguing, all that good yeah. stuff. The only reason we find the Avatar is because Katara was fighting with Sokka. And at the time, she couldn't control her waterbending because she was the only waterbender in her tribe. So, like, while she's, like, moving her arms, yelling at Sokka, she's, like, the water's, yeah, bending the water. And then it's, like, cutting up an iceberg that's actually right behind her. Mm. Which Aang and... Appa are stuck in. I want Appa. I want an Appa so bad. <laughs> I want a real life Appa. I want a real life like <laughs> Debate. Would you rather have a real life Momo or a real life Appa? Oh gosh, I really like Momo. What about you, Nafis? That's a good question. I feel like where would you put an Appa? <laughs> like, realistically. I feel like if he lived like in the middle of nowhere, he could just like graze in the field. If I lived on like a farm, I'd want an Appa. But if I had to stay like... It- I would want both, yeah. <laughs> I said pick one, not both. Was, which one? <laughs> no, it's my world. I get to pick both. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, then I want both too. <laughs> you guys don't play the game fairly. That's not... Okay. <laughs> I'm moving on. But realistically, I would probably go with the Momo just because of like space and stuff. Mm-hmm. But just like the idea of he's got such cute ears and he, you can like carry him around. He can like ride on your shoulder. Yeah. But like I'd love to fly too. So kind yeah. of great flights though. <laughs> yeah. So the only reason they were able to find Aang was because they crashed the boat while they were fishing. And then... This is one of the reasons why, as a kid, I do I didn't like Sokka when he told Katara, leave it to a girl to screw things up. And I was like, I already don't like you. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> that, was the, that was the young feminist in me I didn't know existed coming out. Like, how is this man telling this girl <laughs> that she is the reason that they crashed when she was telling you to go left and you weren't going left? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That's what happened. So obviously as a non-bender, Sokka already didn't like yeah. Katara. Um, and you can tell because sometimes like when they would argue, he would call her bending like weird or like he would say it's freakish magic to make fun of her. Yes, because they're siblings, but at the same time, he just wasn't one used to bending and just didn't understand it. So, and I put in my little mm-hmm. caption how that kind of shows characteristics of like people not knowing how to react to things that are unknown to them. Yeah. Maybe I could be looking to it deeper, but that is one yeah. sign. His reaction was just to lash out at her. I also thought it was interesting, kind of towards the end of the first episode, where Katara and Aang go penguin sledding. And Katara's like, I haven't done this since I was a kid. And Aang was like, You still are a kid. And you have to sit there and think. I mean, yeah, they are still kids. Aang is 12. Katara's supposed to be like 14. Toph is also 12. But I think Zuko. Is Zuko like 17, 16? I don't remember Sokka. I think they're both around the same age, but they're teenagers. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of struck me like. Right. Yeah. I think think Zuko is is older though. Like he's the oldest of the four. I think, I mean, it's a good, it's a good point of like, because she lost her mom so early, she had to grow up faster. So like she's been taking care of everyone. So she probably doesn't feel like a kid. Yeah. Not only her, but her and Sokka because Sokka's the only male his age like a teenager at the village because you know his dad and all the other males left to go fight in the war so mm-hmm. he's literally taking they actually addressed that in an episode where um Toph and what's her name I just forgot her name talking about Katara Jesus Katara <laughs> um they got into a fight I told you I'm aging <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so they addressed that in one of the episodes. Yeah, so. I think it was like season three, probably. 
I think I wrote down because it does come up later um, that they talk about it. But yes, that's what happened. So they did have to grow up really quickly. They were the only two people mm-hmm. their age at the village because everyone was like, I think literally under 10 or like over the age of 50 or oh, like a mother. Really, yeah. yeah. So they did have to grow up fast. So that just struck me because mm. even sometimes we were talking about the show, like you forget they were literally all children trying to save the world. Right. And not like a good luck, happy, like a superhero yeah. type thing. Like, no, they're in the middle of a war. Mm-hmm. This isn't Teen yeah. Titans. This you is not Teen Titans, no. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have for both the things. I think that was my main thing at the end was the you're still a kid discussion. Do you guys, do you guys mm-hmm. feel that now? Like we're so young, but we feel like I society. Yeah, I don't know. I've been adulting for like four years now, and I still don't feel like an adult. I feel like it's been longer than that, though. I feel like it's been after we graduated high school. I don't know. I don't feel young, but I also don't feel like an adult. Exactly. It's this weird thing. It's like a weird middle. Like when I talk to my co my coworkers, and they will rep like reference something or remember something and they're always pointing out like god you're just so young and i'm like yes but i don't feel like it but i feel like my life is just like (laughs) rapidly ending i i think i just bit my lip and made myself bleed so don't but i feel like i've been independent for like a couple of years where like i don't I pay all of my bills. I do my own taxes. I just bought a car for the first time, like by myself um, with my credit. You know, like credit is an adult thing that you have to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Um, But I still feel like it's not real. Like it doesn't feel real to me. Like I've been doing it on my own for years now. Like when did that happen? I feel like we were just in high school. I don't even remember my times in high school, to be honest. It all feels like a blur. Yeah. Like I teach seniors, right? And when when I see the way they act and I'm like, you guys are going to be slapped in the face so hard and you won't even realize. Yeah. Like the amount of shelter that you have in school, it's like you don't appreciate it until you're literally out in the like real world. And they don't pretend they don't prepare you either, to be honest, to go out yeah. into the real world. Yeah, no, I I that's why that's so many people like get into debt and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, yeah. it's a slippery slope. There's a lot of things that you have to be careful of that, like nothing makes sense either. <laughs> like the first time I had to like just like going to register a car or something like that. It's just it's a mm-hmm. it's a weird. Nothing makes sense. The the like systems on how to do things are so convoluted. Like, what am I signing? I don't know. <laughs> And that's what they want you. They don't want you to know. Yeah. So we're on to, I think this is, I didn't label these actual episodes, like what the numbers are. I just put the titles on to the next one that I written down was the Southern air temple. And I think this actually is episode three of season one. So this is when they go back to Aang's home and he doesn't know that they've been basically wiped out during the war. And like, in the first two episodes, they kind of say it. They're like, oh, I haven't seen the airbender in a while. And you can tell Aang looks confused. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, we're everywhere. And then he's even still in denial. Well, first he was in denial about the war. But then with the airbenders, he's like, oh, you know, they probably escaped or, in, you know, in hiding or something. I don't think we mentioned this, but because it correlates to the first episode, he's been in this iceberg for oh, yes. 100 years. Yes. So just put that out there is obviously we know but like yeah so in case people who don't listen to this <laughs> haven't watched it but like you said at the beginning but a lot has changed why? in a hundred years 
a he, century. Yeah. He's so. a 112 year old. Yeah. But he doesn't person. know that, I don't think, yet. He knew. He, they tell it, him, but I don't think he believes it until they. He doesn't register yeah. that he was in there for so long. Because then another excuse, he's like, well, you can only get to an air temple with a flying bison. So. Yeah. Not realizing that technology has also advanced. And that was another thing about the Fire Nation, <laughs> that they were really the only, like, nation that... Had advanced technology. Te- yeah. So, yeah. But, obviously, you can tell he's sad. Doesn't know. He's yeah, been in he the was, iceberg for that long. Right. He goes into the Avatar state because he's so shocked by this. Yeah. Whole- well, before that, um, Sokka, when they were, like touring or like looking at the place Sokka ends up finding a school with a fire nation helmet covers it yeah and they're going to show him but like when they're like Katara was like hey come over and like she just looks at his face like looking so happy she covers it with snow with her bending yeah it's really sad because he finds out see and that's where my question comes in if they told him earlier do you think he would have freaked out so badly because the only reason he found out that they were gone was because he was chasing after Momo um, when he came in, when they're in the chamber with all the past avatars and they're staring at um, Avatar Roku's statue. And he ends up going in some place. And I like how it's aesthetically pleasing in the way they drew it, where all the Fire Nation like skeletons were surrounding um, his teacher, Gyatso skeleton. And he was kind of just like perched up against the wall with like a light shining on Gyatso. And then he saw his necklace. So that's how he knew like, oh, like they're actually they're all gone. My teacher is gone. Right. I liked that symbolism because obviously you Mm. could tell that even though he was up against so many soldiers, he gave up such a good fight. Yeah, you can tell he had a fighting chance. So I think once they were all dead, that's probably when he initially died. That's what the symbolism gives from that Mm -hmm. picture. Drawn beautifully also. Yeah. So, yeah. But what do you guys think? Do you think? Because when Aang actually goes into the Avatar, Avatar state at the temple, that's when the whole world knew he was alive. Because I, the avatars, they triggered the statues in the air yeah. temple and other temples around the world, like in the Earth Kingdom, Fire Nation, they all started mm-hmm. glowing. So that's how they knew he was back. I think he would have freaked out regardless. Regardless. Whether he had found out from them or I don't think I don't think if they had told him and just showed him one the skeleton that they hit up, he You think he still would have been in denial? I yeah, I think he would have still been in denial because it's like the necklace that triggers him into knowing who that person is. Because the the person before could have just been anybody. Um somebody just died. But like to see his master and it register, I think that's what triggered it. So I don't think, I don't know if he would have freaked out initially, but I don't think he would have believed them. But I think he would have freaked out regardless of when he found out once he actually came to the realization that this had happened. Yeah, that makes sense. I just wasn't sure because it was still a Fire Nation school. And like he tried to tell Katara earlier, only air airbenders can get there through flying bison. So I didn't know I if he, he still would have freaked out. because it was weird, yeah. but I don't think he would have freaked out. Because just because, okay, one Fire Nation person made it up here and died, but it doesn't mean his entire race has been wiped out, including all the people he knows and loves. <laughs> like, that's a big jump. <laughs> that's a huge jump. <laughs> what about you, Defeats? I don't know. I just feel like regardless, like, I agree with what Macy was saying. Regardless, it would be hard to process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's also a child. Yeah. Like he probably didn't yeah. experience death really yeah. before this. I don't know. Yeah. 
He never aged, right? Throughout the whole thing, he was still 12? Yes, he's 12 when they start. They give the implication of time passing. So technically at the end of season three, I think they're all like a year older. So like when he defeats Sozin, I'm assuming he's like 13. Okay, okay. So Well, considering it takes like days to weeks to get okay. to places. On yeah, the so you know they're aging. Passing, he didn't yeah. age in the iceberg, but once he was out the iceberg, yeah. his body caught up with everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was the main question. And then, of course, I wrote down, like, you know, other stuff was happening, too. Um, we meet Commander Zhao. <sighs> Hated him. <laughs> and you you get a brief, like, indication of why Zuko's obsessed with capturing the Avatar. Um, I mean, you'll see it more later when they'll explain it more, but you you get, like, he he's actually banished right. and, he's like... He's constantly shouting about re- regaining his <laughs> I must honor. gain my honor. <laughs> and so, that if you missed it, you're not paying attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I must restore <laughs> my honor. honor. <laughs> and capture the avatar. Uh, take a shot every time he says that. Oh my god. <laughs> you drunk. <laughs> drunk off your ass. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> But, like, you can tell it it still hurts them because that yes. was um, giving jabs, like, oh, your father never loved you, you're a disgrace, and stuff like that. And they end up doing an Agni Kai. I wrote fighting with mm-hmm. over egos because yeah. they were both just very head on. Yeah. yeah. I think it was less about ego for Zuko, though. It was ego for Zhao, but less for Zuko. Yes, yeah, so I can agree on that. Yeah, more about, more about honor. And he's probably feeling yeah. really down about himself. So he's just trying to prove that he, he, I think he's also suffering from the, I need to be an adult now. You know, I need to prove myself, even though he's still a kid, really. Yeah. Even if he's a teenager, he still shouldn't have to he's deal still with a that. Kid. Yeah. Yeah. And just not only that. He's just a kid who wants to be loved. That's all. I was going to say, it's not really <laughs> just him growing up. It's him just wanting acceptance and love because he feel like he betrayed his whole nation. <laughs> That's where it comes comes from i was gonna say also children are inherently like they don't have patience they can be hot-headed they can be spurred off by things that are people are saying where as you age you start to be like those are just words you're not going to get me riled up because you're saying these things to me yeah all right so that was that was the southern air temple so the next one (laughs) is is jet um, and Jet is one of those I feel like this is one of those iconic episodes I feel like it's one of those episodes yeah. that's always talked about mm-hmm. when they meet Jet so like when we meet Jet it's kind of shows how war affects everyone differently mm-hmm. um, Sokka's tendency to be in control always right and the leader starts to show it may have to do with being the oldest which we talked about at the beginning in the group and used to being in charge because when he was back in the water tribe, he was the only male teenager and everyone else was children. So he was trying to teach the children like how to fight, how to survive, basically I like that. I think he feels a great load of responsibility. Um, so I think he forces himself into that leader role sometimes. Yeah. I do think he wants to be the leader, but I think and I think I do think that he thinks that he's always right. But I think a lot of that he might be like pushed on because he was kind of forced into that role. So now he's like, well, I have to live up to it. Yeah. And then <laughs> Katara's first crush. I think we all liked Jet a little bit in the beginning, and then we all immediately hated them, and then he came back around. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, I I actually put this little interesting indication next to that. Um, Now that I'm older, and when I was rewatching this yesterday, 
I don't even know if Jet even actually liked Katara. He was just he manipulating her. I don't, I don't think, think he did. did at all. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I feel like he liked her by the end of it. I don't think so. I really think this whole time he was just manipulating. I think he can tell like she was infatuating by him, like He's his story. Manipulating. Yes. But I especially the um do the plan that he had, which, you know, obviously failed, but even when he was like begging Katara before they left, like, don't leave, I don't think he ever actually liked her. Yeah. I can see that. So, but yeah, before we get into what Jet's plan was, uh, do you think Sokka was jealous of Jet? I think... Like seeing him being the, I, letter, yes, the leader? I, they kind of reminded me of um, the Lost Boys I was thinking yes, from Peter Pan. Because I feel like Jet was... He had a leadership role where everyone was, like, really following him. Like, Sokka, no one questioned him. Yeah, Sokka, he was trying to be the leader and he was trying to, like, guide them. But Katara was always like an adversary to him like she would follow him but she was always kind of like she was very vocal about her opinions and wasn't gonna just follow him blindly all right so i think he was probably envious of the power that jet held um but i don't know if he was like i don't know he didn't oh, show his jealousy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're going somewhere with that. He didn't show his jealousy. Not that much. I think on some level, he might have even admired Jet a little bit for being able to keep control of the boys. They never mentioned it, but, but I don't know if Jet is actually older than Sokka or not, or if they're around know. the same age. It's hard to tell. It is hard to tell. I mean, they are cartoons, first of all, but... Oh, yeah. <laughs> So we keep saying Jet, but I don't think we ever actually introduced Jet. So Jet is someone that they met just, what, randomly in the woods? He saves them from... um, They they stumble across, like, a Fire Nation little camp, and Jet saves them because they were in the trees that he lived in. I remember getting stuck in one of their traps. Yes. (laughs) Jet's traps or the fire... No, that was Jet's traps, right? I think it was Jet's traps. Okay. Because the ingenuity, Sokka liked... How because Sokka likes creating traps. Yeah, he likes traps. weapons and like <laughs> so technology. Yeah, but yeah, and then it's basically <laughs> they're all really just more once again just kids trying to survive. So they've all been affected by the Fire Nation, whether they've been abandoned during the war, like by their parents, or like whether they got killed. I feel like if they weren't inspired by the Lost Boys, they had to they have had been to from have Peter been. Pan. Yeah, that's the or, only thing I was or thinking. Robin of. Hood, even. You know, I'm honestly not really that familiar with Robin. Like, yes, I know the story of Robin, but I don't remember really reading the stories growing up. Robin Hood is a group of misfits who steal from the rich and give to the poor. Okay, so So, I can see that. I feel like it's a combination of the Lost Boys because the Lost Boys, they've all been like kind of abandoned and they're like, but the I feel like Robin Hood's crew is also a band of misfits. Like they've yeah. all been pushed out or abandoned on some level. So I would say that it's it's probably both. Um, but the children aspect of it, because I don't believe Robin Hood and the gang were children, if I remember correctly. I don't yeah. remember how old they were. Well, Jack's little facade of being a great leader starts dissolving when Sokka joins him on like, I think they were just scouting the area. Yeah. And then... An He'll old man, yeah, and like an old man comes, walks by, and they stop him and basically try to like beat him up because he. Yes. I think the old man was a he was fire, fire nation. nation, yes. But like Sokka is still of the mindset. Well, just because he's fire nation doesn't mean that he's a bad person necessarily. Like, or he's not a he's not a threat. He's, he's a not man. a threat because he's an old man literally using a cane just to walk. Yeah. So, and then I remember when they got back when 
Sokka was trying to tell that to Katara and Aang, Jet said, well, like, he had a knife and he was here to poison me. And Katara's like, see, we didn't get the full story. I'm like, girl, you are just in love. Be yeah. quiet because looking through where rose. did this knife come from? Yeah, like, looking through rose-colored <laughs> glasses there. Literally, because that's literally the um, the filter they use. Remember at the beginning when they were oh, going really? up to the treehouse and Katara was holding on to Jet? Okay. They used a rose-colored um, filter and it was all slow and you just see her staring into his face. And I was like, this is sick i thought it was well, sick as a child is sick now give her credit <laughs> one of the first male males that she has seen ever met that outside of soccer yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like <sighs> understandable yeah. that girl was in love though yes. and for only a couple days yeah very <laughs> manipulated yes so then we find out Jet's plan um, to get back at the Fire Nation because Jet has a really, not vendetta, he just has a huge grudge against the Fire Nation because they killed his parents. Yes. So, Which understandable. Exactly. <laughs> but you shouldn't kill innocent people. Yeah, so his plan is to clear out a Fire Nation that is um, coloni- that has colonized a town in the Earth Kingdom by flooding it. But obviously when he floods it, everyone's going to die. He didn't come up with a plan to try to save women and children that are not part of the Fire Nation. That's resident in that town. Right. I don't know. Was it, was it, was it just the soldiers in that town? Well, no, because there were, there were residents, but I can't remember if the residents were a mixture of earth and fire kingdoms or if it was all fire. They were earth kingdom residents okay. in there as well. Yeah, so yes. I think the plan was to blame it on the fire nation, right? I don't know if there was ever actually a plan to blame it on the fire nation. I think he was just trying to get rid of them. I think he just wanted them gone and whether everyone was gone for them to be gone, he didn't really care. Yeah. But I was saying that I wrote here The Good Place, so I've been rewatching The Good Place to feel something. And it reminded me of this episode. I don't remember what season it is, but it was when they're obviously learning about moral philosophy and morals. And there's a test that Chidi does. And it's like the tr- the trolley test where the trolley, the brakes aren't working and he has two options. He can either veer right and kill five workers or he can veer left and kill one person but that one person is someone he knows so that kind of that kind of reminded me of this with like Sokka's thing like not all the Fire Nation are bad especially that old man and Jet's like just kill them all I can't remember doesn't matter what it's called but there's like a they say test they say it in the good place I don't remember the actual test but that's what the test is that he does but it reminded me of this but I mean who do you guys side with would you have been more like Jet or would you have been more like Katara and Sokka I am of the mindset that just because someone has put violence on me it doesn't mean that putting violence on them back or innocent people is going to resolve anything but I'm a pacifist so like (laughs) I don't I don't think two wrongs make a right is my point by Yenifis. If I was put in that situation, honestly, I'd probably have the mentality of Jet. Like, I would be angry regardless of, like, who it was. But then, like, my conscience will kick in and be like, okay, just because they're, like, I don't know, Fire Nation doesn't mean I can just, like, you know, get rid of them. So it'll be it'll be like that, that thought process. So it'll be like a mix of both, I guess. Yeah. I could... S- Right. I could see taking revenge on these soldiers. Yeah. But what I don't understand is endangering the village. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he even, even says sacrifices have to be made no yeah. matter how they're made. So See, I don't agree with that. So. That's the thing I was asking, like, where you guys be like, Jet, where, like, you're trying to get rid of mm-hmm. one thing no matter what the result is, even if it kills a bunch of people. Or find other ways. No, I don't think my conscience would let me do whatever it takes. Yeah. 
I don't be- I don't buy into the whole for the greater good thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's like one of those difficult situations to be not fun. I understand why he's so upset yeah. and I don't hold it against him, but no, I wouldn't have reacted that way myself to answer your question. Yeah. Yeah. His, um, his anger is justifiable, but it depends on his personality type. And I guess his is the type to do whatever it takes. So <laughs> his is the type to just rage on. All right. Put that into another outlet and you'll be great. <laughs> All right. So that was the infam- infamous jet. Mm-hmm. Uh, good character. I mean, good character. So on to the next one, which is the Great Divide that I talked about a little bit earlier. And I picked this one because I feel like it showed a division of classism, stereotypes, and just like, I wrote miscommunication by of history, but I don't know if miscommunication is really the right word for it. Mm-hmm. So it's basically a story where they meet these two tribes, the Jangs and the Ganjins. Two tribes have been basically after they just hate each other. They've been hating each other for hundreds of years, but they have to come together to go through like literally what is known as the most dangerous canyon in the Earth Kingdom. And they have to be guided by this earthbending guide. And he's only one person. So like they can either... He can either take one tribe and come back for the other, but that'll take a couple of days, or they can both go at the same time. And they're refugees, right? They're, they're all refugees, yeah. They're yeah. trying to escape the um, Fire Nation, which is like everybody <laughs> basically tried to do. So the reason for this feud is of an old tale about an ancient sacred orb. So the Ganjins, and the Ganjins are the ones that are more prestigious, you know, dressed up like... Cleanly. Not, yes. <laughs> In their words, cleanly. They think a Jang named... This is where I start getting confused. Wei Jin stole the sacred ore from God. No, Jin Wei. <laughs> when really it's they just used the same name just but switched, switched it. it. So <laughs> Wei, Wei Jin is no Wei Jin's a jank. Jin Wei is a Gajin. <laughs> Any one of them was performing a redemption ritual to take an orb from the east gate to the west gate. And the Jangs have a story where Wei Jin was trying to return the orb to the village, but Jin Wei got hurt and lied, saying that he was trying to steal it, but he was really just trying to return it. And that ended up getting Wei Jin, con- Wei Jin arrested. See, I already yeah. knew this part was going to confuse me because, like, which one is which? I don't know which one is which, but, like, basically... It's the same story, but told differently. Are, yeah, I've been told different things. And they both have, they're both symbols in each tribe. And the other tribe is like bad mouthing their symbol. So they're basically mad at each other. Mm-hmm. Yes. Over an orb. <laughs> to make it simple. Over, uh, yes, a spiritual orb. I don't know what the orb does. I don't know if it's still. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. They just but... supposed to take it from one gate to the other. I don't know what happens when they reach the gate. I don't yeah. know. I don't think they care. I think. I don't know if they, they care just, either. It's yeah. just the principle of this orb was stolen. Yes. Or it and you technically wasn't of- stolen, but it was lied about being stolen. All right. And you got our idol put in jail. Yes. So. Pretty much. And then that whole starts into the stereotypes of calling like the Jangs like dirty, they're rough, they, they have don't know how to act. Lifestyles. Yeah. So they judge each other based on their outwardly appearance. Yes. So they have to try to get along through the canyon, but it also doesn't work because the earth bending guide ends up getting hurt due to canyon crawlers, which he warned them about. 
because he said, don't bring food into the canyon. And what do both sides do? They bring food into the canyon. Both sides are just as hypocritical as the other They ones. really are. They're equally bad. <laughs> and they try to get Katara and Sokka to turn each other because they were already arguing. Which, don't um, they pick sides? Yeah, Katara goes with the Ganjins <laughs> and she listened to the Ganjins story because um, they kind of found similarities because there's a part where like they're setting up a tent and Katara was like, I guess the tarp they put on top of the tent and Katara agreed with the Ganjins because in case it rains, even though it's the dry season, while the Jangs on the other side were using the tarps for blankets, which Sokka was agreeing with because he's like, yeah. there's no point of putting up the tarp if it's the dry season. Mm-hmm. So, and then when they told their stories, they each believed each other. Yeah. So basically, Katara and Sokka buy into the stories and pick sides. Where yeah. Aang travels in the middle and is trying to keep the peace. Trying to keep the peace. Like, like what the Avatar is supposed to do. But at the end, when they make it out of the canyon, Aang literally makes up mm-hmm. a story about how the whole feud that they've been going on for a hundred years was just some game between twin brothers and then they, they soccer yeah they were just right? playing like some ball game like soccer and then the two tribes end up being like oh because after they fought like the canyon crawlers they're like oh we're more similar than we thought but we still hate each other and then yeah, Aang's like they end up resolving it do they they don't but because ang told them the story they were like oh i guess you know history can sometimes be mistold <laughs> and then when katara was like how did you know that did you know them 100 years ago so he's like no i literally just made that up and i'm like wow <laughs> lying to people is good in the right situations yes. A little white lie to cover up a feud. Never heard. I was just going to say, so what do you guys think about that when it comes to history and learning about history and how obviously history can be mistold, as we all know. accurate. I think each country, they obviously write their own textbooks. So I think that they're, even in fables, like stories Mm -hmm. that are, that are brought up through like ages. Oh. No, I mean like I mean like fairy tales and like campfire stories, like they change over time. It's like playing a game of telephone. If you keep retelling and rewriting certain books, there's bound to be changes. Right. So I think that's pretty accurate, pretty normal. Yeah. Like just take the Aesop's fables, for example. Like or the Grimm's Tales. They are actually far more dark and far more gory than like yeah. than like they tell like children. A good example is Cinderella. Yeah. She oh, I was gonna I was actually gonna say the little mermaid. That one too. She cries herself into sea foam and basically dies. But like Cinderella, she chops off pieces of her foot to fit in that slipper. I in didn't the original know that. story. Yeah. I, I have the Grimm's completed series over there if you ever oh, want to read it. Maybe. <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> right? But yeah, it's like when I first heard that, I'm like, what? I've been lied to? Yeah, I was in shock when I first heard We've that. have been lied to. What I heard, like the Disney version or like the watered down version was not the actual version. Sleeping Beauties is the worst. I don't even want to mention it because it's it's not family friendly. Wasn't the Snow White also if really I, bad? If I tell you, you need to cut it out. Okay, oh, so don't tell us then. <laughs> uh, I can tell you afterwards. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> if it's that dark. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Oh my god. Actually, I don't know. I don't know why I said yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if you know what I'm referring to. but I obviously don't. Wasn't um, Hensel and Gretel was pretty, was pretty <laughs> brutal too. I think that touches on cannibalism. Yeah, mm. that honestly freaked me out. I'm like, what? Ooh. Okay, we're on to the last. God, I didn't realize this is going to take us this long. This is going to be in parts now. Yeah, I told you I wrote a yeah. lot of notes. <laughs> 11 pages of notes. Leave me alone. How many times I, do I have no, to keep... Good. 
I, I love it. I'm good to talk about it longer. I just, it's not going to fit in one part. I actually learned a lot so far. Oh, thank you. I tried. And a new word, adaptivity. You learned, we, we all learned a new word today. <laughs> adaptivity. vocabulary. Me too. Even though this language still doesn't make much sense. Do you know the word to throw something or someone out the window? The verb to throw something or someone out the window? The word. Yeah, there's a word when you want to refer to throwing someone out the window or something out the window. No. What is it? <laughs> Defenestration. Where, where does that even come from? I don't know where it comes from. But if I said, oh my gosh, Simone, I am going to defenestrate you if you don't give me that Twix bar. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> it doesn't sound like you would have thrown me out the window. That means I'm going to throw you, know right you out now. the window. <laughs> the English language. Does not make any sense. <laughs> okay. It's a word. You can look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. I believe you too. Deferm what is it? Defenestration. Defenestration. It's, it sound, honestly, it sounds like a medical term to me. It does sound like a, it almost sounds like like castration. Yeah. Kind of. But you're gonna do what to me? <laughs> yeah, the action of throwing someone out of a window. That's so weird. Anyway, let's let's finish up season <laughs> yeah. one. I only have one more episode that I really wanted to touch upon for season one of Avatar. So this is also one of my favorite um, episodes. I mean, I feel like I only pick my favorite episodes, but this one is because we get a backstory of everything. Bless you. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> oh, by the way, so I looked it up. Um, so the word actually comes from, where was it? So it happened because of an incident where someone was thrown out and it was the start of the 30 years war. So there was an incident in the Prague Castle in the year of 1618, which became the spark that started the Thirty Years' War. So that's where that say word what, was coined. What, what location does this thirty-year-old 30 war happen? You said Europe somewhere, right? Europe? Yeah, it's a European. You said okay. Weird. Okay. I don't know if it's necessary to have a word for that. You could just say, "I'm going to throw you out a window." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's 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 get to the let's get to the storm. <laughs> yep. So this episode, we basically learn how Aang ended up in the iceberg. And the only reason we did that is because technically ran away again because they meet like this really old couple trying to buy fish from them, I think. And he starts basically blaming Aang for being gone. Ah, yes. Yeah. The, the fish monster. The fish, yeah. It's like Sokka's going to go out on his mm -hmm. boat. And to, to earn okay. some extra money. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. So he felt guilty when the old man um, they just met started blaming Aang for the war, saying he turned his back on the world when he disappeared. Basically, the words ran away, I think, hit Aang because that's what he essentially did back all, like, yeah. back then. Mm -hmm. um, he ran away after he found out he was the Avatar and got up, got caught up in a really bad storm. So I think unintentionally, he went into the Avatar, Avatar state so him and Appa wouldn't drown. And obviously, yes, that's how they ended up freezing the iceberg mm -hmm. for a hundred years. When Aang learns and other people around him, because we get a backstory, so like we learn about Yatso when they tell Aang that he was the Avatar because you're technically not supposed to reveal who the Avatar is until they turn 16. But they told him earlier because the monks actually could sense that something was happening, like a war. Mm -hmm. So that's why they told him earlier to try to prep him earlier. 
Um, and then, but that wasn't really why he ran away. It was a couple things. He was telling him he was the avatar, not thinking he was ready. When everyone found out he was the avatar, the kids didn't really want to play with him anymore. So like when yeah. he taught them how to do the air scooter and they were going to play a game, he got on the air scooter and everyone stopped. And the kids was like, now that you're the avatar, you know, you're just more advanced. So it wouldn't be fair. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's, that's so sad. Well, he gets told that he's basically going to have to leave to go train in the other Yeah. Form. So no. That's yeah. the main reason I think he leaves is because he overheard Gyatso talking with one of the council members of the um, air temple saying that he's going to have to separate him because Gyatso wasn't really training him. He was still trying to teach him or treat him like a kid, which is what he wanted to do because yeah. he's only 12. Yeah. <laughs> so once he overheard that, he left the next day. And I think he still feels guilty about, like, you know, not saying bye or anything. Mm-hmm. Well, especially now that I bet he feels immensely guilty because he doesn't have the opportunity to do so anymore. Yeah, doesn't get a chance to say bye. So also in that episode, we learn more about Zuko. So we learn why he was banished, which was because he attended a war meeting that he really wanted to because he felt like it was his duty as, mm-hmm. you know, Prince. training to become the next Fire Lord. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about a plan and he spoke out of turn when he wasn't supposed to, you know. Yeah big thing so obviously to what not prove himself but just like does he so um, he he ends up having to do with agni kai um with his father yes because at first suggested or is it like so iroh explains that zuko thought he was going to do the agni kai with the old man which was the general he spoke out against but because he was in the fire lord's chamber during a war meeting he technically spoke out against his father so that's why he fought his father okay so he, so, yeah, he knows about, but did he challenge the Agni Kai or did? The council did. The council did. And yes. Then, and he just agreed to it, but he, that's because he thought he was fighting the general, the general, okay. not and his actual dad. Fight his father, yeah. He right? won't fight his dad because obviously that's his dad. He respects him, but his dad was telling him like, you need to stand up and fight, stop being a coward and all that. So obviously that's, that's, how, he gets his that's how he gets his general scar on his face because he was kneeling. He looked at him and he just hits him with fire. And that's also when to teach him a lesson, he banishes him and says he can't return back unless he finds the avatar, which at the time I wrote down seemed unrealistic. And he probably thought he would just never come back because, you know, everyone assumed the avatar was just gone. I think he fully believes it, though, like his conviction to find the avatar. Really? I didn't think so at the time because Aang was gone for at least 100 years. I didn't think any of them thought he was still around. Well, I don't, I think, but he's just so determined to find him. I think that he, he was going to his father. I'm talking about his father. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, I was talking about, I think his father did that. Not yeah, no, assuming think, he would come back because, I like think I he, said, like, he was had gone. to give a reason, quote unquote. Yeah. But he just, he didn't actually. He just wanted he him gone. Accomplish it. Yeah. But I Sorry, guess. I didn't realize who you were talking about. <laughs> that was such a big punishment for just speaking out of turn, though. Well, I mean, especially back then, you're the king and you're my son speaking against war plans. All about honor. It is all yeah. about honor. Yeah, honor and respect. <laughs> but I mean, there, there are other ways, though. There are other ways that you can punish someone besides banishing them to chase like someone that they didn't think existed at the time i mean at least he didn't just straight up kill them right then like i said it's a kid kid show if this was real a real show if this was like game of thrones he would have just been dead (laughs) that's true 
The father was such an interesting character, though, like since the beginning. Yeah, we don't really meet Fire Lord Ozai until the third season anyway. The very end. Yeah, Yeah, until the very end. So he was always a mystery. He was just a big bad guy. Do you even see his face? In those episodes, I don't. Or did they? I think there was always a silhouette of him, a silhouette mm-hmm. or the back of him, even. Yes, but never the face. We don't actually see his face until season three. Mm-hmm. Really, not even in season two. I don't think so. Even with the flashbacks, I think like when that episode of Zuko alone, I think it was just his mom. I don't, still don't think we ever saw his face. Mm-hmm. I don't. Which remember. just builds up his reputation yeah. as a scary figure even more. Not gonna lie, when I was younger and I was watching that, like it, it sold. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> This dude is evil. (laughs) Really is. So after all that, learning about all that, my last bulletin is we see Aang come to the conclusion to not dwell on the past because once he's done telling Katara's his story and she's like comforting him, an actual storm again comes. So they have to go and save Sokka and the fisherman. And then there's a scene where it's supposed to replay kind of like when Aang was drowning. So like they get caught up in a big wave and they all go under and then... And kind of starts floating away, but then he opens his eyes, and instead of just seeing Appa there, he sees like Katara, Sokka, the fisherman, and Appa. So mm-hmm. he's able to go back into the Avatar state, but instead of like freezing them, he just, you know, yeah. lifts them off the water. I was gonna say, do people think that the Avatar chain has been broken? Because in theory, the, the the current Avatar needs to die so that they can be reborn. So if you haven't seen an Avatar in a hundred years, do they think that the chain has been broken? That's a good point. See, or I don't know about do they think that because it, it kind of explains it in Korra, which I feel like we need to talk about Korra, because she does end up breaking in. It's a lot different than when he when it was Aang and he was just gone. But I don't know if... Because that would help answer the question if he thought that he was really out there. That's true, because if yeah. Aang was really dead, then another Avatar would have just been born. Maybe that's why he did send Zuko to try to find the quote-unquote new Avatar. He may have still thought he wouldn't do it, but like I, whether or not he believes that he's out there still is the question. I don't really know, and I don't know if they touch upon that or not. Because it is possible if he's technically out there. Yeah, like, and I the chain believe. wasn't broken at the yeah. time. So. I don't know. <laughs> just sit in silence trying to figure it out. <laughs> well, yeah. I know. I, I just wasn't sure if they had mentioned it. Like, is the, is the reason that they haven't seen the Avatar, like... Because we just assume that it's broken or because he's in hiding? Like, do people, I wonder what people think, because I don't know if they really explain it or if I just forgetting. I don't think they really explain it. I know they explain when it actually breaks in Korra, but I don't know if they explain. Like the general public, where do they think he went? (laughs) You know, I feel like if they actually believed the Avatar was still out there, they probably would have mentioned it. But, the, but you're right, though. They also don't outright mention that he's dead, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just disappeared because I don't know if the general public even knew about Aang yeah. before the war started. I think they know that he need. Well, obviously, every time sees, uh, somebody sees him airbend, they're like, oh, you're the Avatar. Because they know that the only surviving, the last Avatar should have been an airbender. Because of the mm-hmm. cycle. Since yeah. Roku was a firebender, so it was so. an airbender. But then they also thought they all wiped him out. Yeah. So And they want... Yeah, I was just going to say, maybe they did think that he's gone because they did wipe the air nomad out. Well, that was the whole point, though, because they wanted the next Avatar to be in Fire Nation yeah. so that they could have that force on their side. That was the whole point of them going to the air, air nomads to kill him. 
But if Aang had died, it would have gone to the water tribe. Is it the next? Tri- it's water, oh. earth, fire, air. Air is the last one. So once air is done, it goes back to water. That's why Korra is a water bender. Well, she's Are from they, the water tribe. I guess they just but... wanted to kill him prematurely so that he wouldn't be a force against them. Then. Yeah. yeah. The I think that was the main reason because yeah. they would have just... Forgetting Roku was fire. Mm-hmm. Because they would have just... If, if Aang had died and the reincarnation started again, they would have just went to the water tribes mm-hmm. and yeah. murdered all them. Well, I think they kind of did. Right, because they they wiped out they wiped out the um they wiped out the air nomads, but wasn't the attack on they wiped Sokka out and their tribe to look for the new avatar because they they're assuming that the cycle was reborn. We're kind of jumping ahead, <laughs> <Sorry>. but <laughs> no, it's okay because before they even went there. For the Puppet Master one, that's when they collect all the um, waterbenders from the Southern yeah, Water Tribe. But that that, was... w- that wasn't during Sokka. That was when they meet that one woman from the Southern Water Tribe during the Puppet Master uh-huh. episode in season three. That was a creepy episode. Not even going to lie. That was a creepy episode, but she was alive when they all captured all the waterbenders. That's how Katara ends up being the only one. She just happened to be born one. But before Katara... There wasn't any waterbenders in the Southern Water Tribe. And the Northern Water Tribe were so protected until Aang and them went there. They didn't have a way to break the barriers. Did her mom say that she was the only one to protect Katara? So they were yeah. collecting benders. I think they were looking for the next Avatar. So they're so technically they still didn't I think, think they, it was broken. I think they thought that they got rid of the, the airbender one. And yeah. they were searching for the waterbender ones to kill them. Because I think they wanted it to go into their rotation. I'm pretty sure that's the point. I've never heard of that, but I didn't think about that either. Actually, that theory makes sense, though. It does mm-hmm. make sense why they would just go scouring over the Water Nation. Yeah. If, they, if they were trying to just get the Avatar on their side, I think they were just trying to the to get rid of the possibility of the Avatar to because pre- to, he would prevent them from... Mm-hmm taking over because the whole point of the avatar is to keep the peace and mm-hmm. equally divide the power between the nations i don't know i never thought of it that way yeah. <laughs> you made <laughs> my brain today <laughs> you are the theme of this whole podcast i was thinking there we go i didn't get that good pun <laughs> good pun thank you thank you i tried i i said the pun but it i didn't register, you didn't register it it's okay yeah yeah, that's my crackpot theory. Though. Okay, I, I think I'm pretty close. <laughs> no, you that actually pretty, makes, you have some that makes sense. good points. Yeah, yeah, points I never thought of. I thought the whole thing was just killing, but that would make sense because you would just basically be killing so many. I mean, they were already doing that, but yeah. I don't know. I think they were trying to get rid of just all other bending except for fire bending because that's they really have the upper hand if they're benders versus non-benders. Mm. Oh, I thought the whole point was to spread their culture, but not really just to teach other people their culture, but have their culture be the dominant one. I didn't think it was to obliviate everyone besides them. The only reason I think so is because they they took they took all benders like the the uh, Earth Kingdom, for example. They've all put them on that metal ship. Like, I think they're trying to get rid of benders so that they can't rival them. And just have non-benders, basically. Yeah. So it's easier to control. Because obviously a non-bender couldn't fight against a normal, like a bender. In theory, there are some people that that are good at like martial arts and stuff, but like ultimately... You have the upper hand if you're a bender versus That's a non bender. That's true. So look at you, Macy, making points. That's why I keep you around, kid. That's why I keep you around. I call you kid, yet you're older than me. <laughs> Only about a couple months. <laughs> That's true. 
All right. Well, that pretty much concludes this vlog <laughs> of just season one. Oh my god. Yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to stop it here, guys, and do Part parts. So this whole part basically was season one. And then we'll come back to the ones I've written down for season two and three. Yeah. It's a good show. It's got a lot of good It values. has a lot of things you can break down mm-hmm. and talk about for a child show. Yeah. I don't know if I can really do this for any other show. Maybe Teen Titans, the old one, not the new ones. They don't have as many life lessons, though. It's a good they show. They have a lot of good personal ones, yeah. though, like in they certain episodes. a lot, but I don't think it's on this level. Not like this. Not yeah. where you can relate it to real I life I love stuff. that show. I'd be down for that. But I just... I think this one's going to be longer because there are so many points mm-hmm. that you can get from it. That's true. That's true. But we will be back to talk about the rest and we'll probably <laughs> make a part for Cora. So many. Yeah, I might need to rewatch that one. Cora is really good. I, I think one. you should rewatch Cora. You might appreciate, yeah. appreciate it more than you did the first I time. I remember disliking it, but I, I can't say like you that it's, I like it more than the original. Season one was really good and I didn't, understand the other seasons but when i went back and rewatched it i was like oh because they really explained a lot and like the whole origin of the avatar itself in general Mm -hmm. and just like Korra dealing with new age and technology and them not really needing the avatar anymore yeah so i still think it's an interesting story that was told and it was told well i didn't appreciate it the way i should have as a kid but i do now so i love it just as much as i love the last airbender so Mm-hmm. Still wish we could have gotten a, like a series of them as adults, but you know it's it's cool, it's fine. I, I would have loved a series Aang and them, oh, yeah. yeah, as, adults, them as yes. adults. That would have been really nice to see. Like I would have loved them. I would have loved to watch them raise like a little Tenzin. Like that would have been so cute. <laughs> like a middle chapter. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We will see in the future. Any closing? I mean, it kind of adds to the charm, though. Of what? Not knowing? Your imagination. Yeah, not knowing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to leave it to my imagination. I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a little late for that now. Well, Actually. It could still happen. Yeah, it could it? still happen. It could still happen. I swear, uh, corporate America is so good at bringing our um, like childhood things back and redoing them. Because we're- if I have to watch one more remake, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. That's why I have not watched TV. Remake, but they rely on our nostalgia a lot. So yeah. it's definitely possible. But I feel like they would have tried to make it a remake and I just can't. I hope they don't yeah. do a remake. I would be okay with a, like an interlude middle season. And would they have yeah, told it the right way like they did not. this? Because this is almost like one of those gems where like they actually told the story very well. It would have to be well. done by the original people, the I original think. The original writers, did yeah. It. Yeah. To get the same feel. Yeah. Well, Netflix already screwed that up with the live action, so we'll see. Yeah. I don't I don't have faith in them. I think the obviously you can't this is for lack of a better term. I saw the trailer for Death Note, like the live action one, and I was just like, Nope. So I I won't even bother with like the Avatar one. Did you watch the one for Attack on Titans? Isn't there a movie live at? Well, I mean, oh yeah, they did that J- too. Japan. Did it? Nope. Yeah. If I like nah. something too much, I just will not watch like adaptations <laughs> of it. They made one for Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, did they really? It's on Netflix. I haven't watched it. Yeah. I don't think I've watched really anything live action that came from anime. I I, can't I recall. Feel, no, I did, but I didn't realize it was an adaptation of anime. What is it called? It's called like Escape or something. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's not fantasy though, but it it is and it isn't because it's about some guy who can go back in time 
it's I can't explain it right now. It's anyway, escaping we're, me. We're yeah, we're we're getting again. off off topic again. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> and it's been a listen. It's been a while since we recorded. We're a little discombobulated with real life. Sometimes we need to talk, and we got the We talked close. about a lot of good points. We talked about a lot of good points. Yeah. We did, and it correlates with real life. So mm-hmm. again, Avatar, go watch it if you haven't watched it. I only spoiled like five episodes but it's, it's not so, really spoiled because yeah, everybody when you watch something everybody's going to get something different from it so even exactly. though we've explained how we feel about it you can watch it and have a completely different opinion exactly exactly so on that note that final note and this will be the <laughs> final note and please close this out so we can leave it is almost two hours <laughs> this episode's way too damn long <laughs> All righty. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find us everywhere that you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Give us five stars on Apple Podcast if that is what you are using and let us know what you think in the comments. Also, you can follow us on social media at I Was Thinking Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you have any questions, comments, or a topic you think we should talk about, email us at I Was Thinking Pod at gmail.com. Thank you, and we will see you next week. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.